Welcome to Living the Writing Life podcast. My guest today is the award-winning author A. Piper Berge. Piper is a member of the Historical Novel Society and the Independent Author Network. She's also an Air Force veteran and a military spouse. Her debut novel, In the Shadow of Her Majesty, was a Golden Book Award semifinalist, and her women's fiction novel, The Country Girl Empress, book one of the series, won the Firebird Book Award in the historical fiction category and was named a must-read for historical fiction fans who can appreciate imperial intrigues by readers' favorite book reviews. When she is not busy chasing after her three dogs or holding on tightly to a good cup of coffee, she can be found typing away on her computer. And in today's conversation, we'll discuss how to successfully bring the past to life through fiction. So welcome to the show, Piper. Hello, Nancy. It's so good to be here. Well, I am so glad that uh, that you agreed to be on the show. I, I think your background is really interesting. And uh, I really want to delve a little deeply into um, writing historical novels because that's not something I'm familiar with. So you've published six historical novels to date. You've got a seventh currently in the editing stage. What is it about writing about events and people from the past that calls to you? Good question. (laughs) There are just so many reasons why one would choose to write historical fiction. Uh, For me, it was my fascination with history really that drove me towards historical fiction. Um, and royalty easily makes for a great subject matter as they are considered the original superstars of humanity. So, you know, current, hence my current focus on the Empress of Austria. Hmm. Okay. Um, why, you know, why Austria? Is that, do you have any connection with, with, that, uh, with that country or it just caught your fancy? Um, well, Austria is um, has a very rich culture in history, um, and just the decadence and splendor of the period alone um, is in, like an invitation to dream about everything that might have transpired there. So why not write down those dreams and turn them into a book or two or three or more? <laughs> That makes sense. Now, I am curious, what is the difference between writing historical fiction and historical nonfiction? And why did you choose to go the fiction route with your books? Hmm. I mean, history is really fascinating to me, but it can also be rather dry, I guess you could say. Uh, And I'm no historian. Um, I would, I prefer to flex my imagination and you can't really do that if you have to stick to historical facts and facts alone. You're just like, oh, this again. Okay. It it gets boring, I think. So I, I rather use my imagination and go from there. That makes sense. Yeah. And, And you're right. You know, when you, when you are constrained by facts, it can, it can kind of take away a little bit. It's it's nice to it's nice to do a little bit of imagining within that framework of some of the actual events that took place. Yes. Um, 
you know, your, your first historical fiction mystery in the shadow of her majesty. And I think that came out when in 2015, yes. that one was set in the Tudor time period with Lord Robert Dudley and Queen Elizabeth the first as key figures, mm-hmm. but then you shifted to Austria and became, uh, began writing your country girl empress series. Um, what is it specifically about princess Elizabeth, whose uh, nickname was Sissy, who became the wife of the Emperor Franz Joseph that has intrigued you enough to write six books? <laughs> well, firstly, I never thought there would be six books, let alone more. Um, more on that a little bit later, I think. But um, In the Shadow of Her Majesty focused on one event, which was the untimely and mysterious death of Lord Robert Dudley's wife, Amy. Uh, and while that was a fascinating mystery, it was uh, fairly easy to wrap it up in one in one book, in one story, uh, because it encompasses an event that spans a mere week. And then it was done. And although the Tudor period lends itself and is to more um, stories that might be fascinating um, and can be captivating. Um, I felt just in an inherent need to switch things up and focus on a different place and a different period in time. Um, I've always been fascinated with Sissy since I was a small child. Um, I've heard the stories. I've watched the Romy Schneider movies. Um, I visited Possenhofen Castle, the Viennese Hofburg Palace, Schönbrunn Palace, just to name a few. Um, and I've read several books about her life, uh, but none were really satisfying. So um, I just decided, okay, I need to do something about that. And so I just started writing. And uh, some people ask me, well, where, when does it end? And it's like, well, this is really not, uh, and they lived happily ever after ending to it. This is not a fairy tale series. This is based on real life. And it will end with her untimely death. Um, Sissy was a fascinating and an eccentric woman. Uh, she was quite a, a world traveler. Uh, a fanatical beauty queen and an impressive horsewoman. Um, she was obsessed with exercising and dieting uh, to preserve a 19-inch tiny waist that she maintained until the day she died. Um, she navigated the Viennese court, uh, which despite the strict Spanish court ceremonial, uh, with less grace than her mother-in-law and her husband more than likely would have preferred. But all of this combined makes for one woman uh, with plenty story material uh, that, you know, you can't just sum up in a book or two. There, there just needs to be more to it. And I think that, that just drove me to this whole series thing. Mm-hmm. Now, book seven that's currently, what, in the editing stage, is, is that um, is that gonna be the final as far as Sissy? 
Uh, there will, well, the next one that comes out um, is Love, Power and the Emperor Wars, and it comes out um, in November. Then there will be two more. Um, let's see, The Empress's Diadem, more than likely due out next year, and the very last one, so book eight, um, and that will be entitled, more than likely, I haven't quite set my mind on it yet. <laughs> um, all that remains are memories. So you kind of already get the hint that this could just be the end of, of Sissy. Mm -hmm. You're not quite certain, but the, the hint is there. <laughs> You know, one, one thing I, I wondered about, um, because you have really lived with her for, let's see, when did you, when did you start working on the first book? What year? Uh, 2017. Okay. So you, you've basically been living with Sissy for a number of years now. Yeah. Do you, do you sometimes have the sense that time is dissolved and, you're in her space or she's in your space? Hmm. I can't rightfully say that I've ever inhabited the same space as her or that we have some sort of soul bond. Uh, but um, I can definitely sympathize with her as she was a woman that lacked uh, a real purpose in life, uh, an occupation that gave her purpose. She always sought her freedom from those tyrannical rules that were imposed upon her by the Spanish court ceremonial. Um, the higher in rank you are, the less freedoms you have. Every little thing you do was dictated by this ceremonial. So for the most part, I find it easy to keep my literary distance from, from that. Um, because that's not my life. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I do delve into the depths of my writing and then on occasion I will lose track of time. And when my brain finally catches up with the fact that I live in the 21st century, um, sometimes it just takes my brain like a couple more minutes to catch up to that fact and stop talking in the same formal way that I like to use in the dialogues in my book. <laughs> it is quite comical sometimes. But I just, that stilted speech, um, it just somehow carries over and I just can't quit from one second to the next. So yeah, that, that's quite funny. I, but I think that's about as far as it goes with um just uh being that close to her or and her life i guess you could mm -hmm. say now um as part of your research you, you'd mentioned some of the places you've gone so you've actually gone to places where she has where she lived had you got oh, had you i'm she was a, a world traveler and I have also traveled extensively throughout my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have been to um, Austria, Switzerland, Greece, just to name a few. Um, I don't want to sit here and stuff. 
picking at all these different countries on a globe to show you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we'd, ne- we'd never end this session. <laughs> um, but you've but, actually, I mean, you've actually like been in, in structures, in castles or whatever, where she had walked, had sat, yes. had slept. Yes, I have. I have. It's quite fascinating. Um, those, those travel days, uh, I truly did enjoy. It was um, fascinating to see um, like the desk that she sat at, at the Hermesvilla, um, where she wrote like um, in her diary uh, or wrote those letters to sometimes her daughter, sometimes her husband, um, friends, uh, her mother. It was just almost all inspiring, you could say, to be in the, in the room where she used to sit at her desk, much like I'm sitting at my desk now, although I don't think anyone's going to come and <laughs> pay an entry fee to see where I used to write my books. <laughs> Hey, you never know, right? Oh, well, well, that's true. That's true. Never know. <laughs> so when you get to the end, if it's if it's going to be, say, book eight, and you're now at the end of writing about Sissy, do you think it's going to be hard for you to, to let her go? Hmm. Good question. Um, I think Empress Sissy will always be a part of my life in one way or another, uh, just because I don't write about her anymore doesn't necessarily mean I've shut her out of my life. And uh, who knows, perhaps I'll write books about her children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Who knows, I, I haven't closed that subject matter completely, uh, even once I'm done with the last book about her. Mm-hmm. Have you um, had contact with any of her descendants? Uh, have they read your books? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, I have not been contacted by, by any of them. Um, perhaps one day they will. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you obviously enjoy writing historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Do you have any desire to write novels that are set in the current time? Oh, my. <laughs> um, I really haven't decided whether or not I will just stick to historical fiction as a genre um, or move on to something a little more contemporary. Um, haven't ruled out either. Who knows, I might start writing something contemporary and historical fiction at the same time. Um, I've been known to multitask, so who knows? We'll have to wait and see. You know, one, one of the things that I've realized, I, I haven't written any historical fiction, but even just in terms of my fiction, mm-hmm. when when I'm writing about a character and the character really comes alive, it it's almost like as if I learn something maybe about myself or I learn, 
you know, it just, it kind of expands my knowledge, even though I know that they are fictional characters and I created them out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious, uh, especially because, um, you know, this, this was first of all, a real person and a strong woman who, um, who really focused on, on what mattered to her or, or what she wanted to accomplish. What have you learned about yourself, both as a writer and as a woman, um, in, in writing about a woman who held such powerful positions? Hmm. I think uh, one thing I've learned is that not everything is always as it seems. Uh, and women were much put up on, especially in those days. Um, I mean, in title, Sissy was Empress Consort to the Emperor of Austria, but she herself held little to no political power other than the influence that she had over her husband, which wasn't all that much. Um, I know in the beginning of their marriage, Sissy often wished that Emperor Franz Josef would come to her for advice. Um, She didn't just want to be an empress in name only. Uh, She felt it her duty to be involved in all aspects of the running of the empire. Um, But he, as well as his mother, Archduchess Sophie, who was often referred to as the only man at the Hofburg Palace, (laughs) uh, felt that her only job should be to provide the monarchy with as many heirs as possible uh, and not to dabble in high politics. So in many ways, um, the Archduchess was the one who pulled the proverbial strings behind the scenes in the game of politics. And Sissy, rebuffed by all this negativity, yearned for freedom, but ended up in a gilded cage instead and had this set, the strict set of rules that she had to follow. And the more I learned about the restrictions placed upon her, her person, uh, the more it reinforces my desire to continue to do what makes me happy uh, and be thankful for the opportunities that are presented to me and just continue enjoy my freedoms. I, I think I, I think you're right in that sometimes, you know, when we look at things from the outside, we think, you know, oh, she was an empress. She must have, she must have had so much power. But, you know, I'm yeah. sure in, in many cases, that is not between the the rules of the empire and then the fact that you're a woman. So of course you are a less than. Exactly. You know, it would make it, um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not quite when you say gilded cage. Yeah, very much so. Do you think that women have it easier now to gain and hold positions of power than the women that you wrote about in your historical novels? Um, I think uh, there might be a little bit of things might have gotten a little bit easier, but then there's always there's always this adage that says the more things change, the more they remain the same. And in a perfect world, I think women would have no such problems. 
however, we don't live in a perfect world. Uh, yes, things do seem a little easier for women these days to obtain and hold powerful positions within society, but it all depends on where you live. And so I just think the old adage still stands many times, yes. Yes, that's, it, it's, uh, it's a little, it's a little disheartening. And of course, you know, we're, we're recording this interview at the time when they're dealing with the whole Afghanistan situation. And yes. you can't help but think that the women who made such great strides, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be pushed right back. They're just going to be pushed right back. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's disheartening, but I guess we just have to keep, keep trying, keep moving forward and supporting each other. Um, yes. You know, um, you know, shifting a little bit from a technical perspective, what all was involved um, in you doing the research? I mean, you mentioned that you, you went to locations. Um, what else did you do to really make the whole background to keep it as, as accurate as you could in terms of, you know, all those niggling little details that if you got <laughs> it wrong, somebody's going to point it out to you. Oh, <laughs> well, it's called historical fiction for a reason. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it uh, involves a lot of reading, lots and lots of reading. Um, you know, those, those dry histo history books, um, taking oodles of notes, um, reading many more dry history books. <laughs> uh, if you're lucky, you might be able to find some a little more exciting diaries, um, handwritten letters, poems. Um, in my case, um, I've actually read a few that were handwritten by Sissy personally. Um, her children, uh, her daughter-in-law, uh, one of her ladies-in-waiting, um, one of her nieces, uh, many of them can now be found digitalized online um, at sites such as the Gutenberg Project. Uh, so uh, that definitely helps. Um, if you're fortunate, you can also watch some documentaries um, on your chosen subject matter to fill in some of the blanks. And then some more reading. <laughs> Do we see a pattern here yet? Yes, yes. <laughs> Did you have any special training in, in doing historical research or just in researching itself? Um, not really special training to, that would be worth mentioning. I just enjoy it a lot. Um, I enjoy delving into an interesting subject matter. It has to be interesting to me. Otherwise, I just like, yeah, okay, this is not my cup of tea. You know, just skim the subject and be done with it. Um, but if I find something uh, really interesting, I love to delve into it and try and find all that I can and analyze what I've just um, either looked at or read or the place that I just visited and just try to internalize it all and kind of, you know, in my mind, bunch it all up and then try to make something of it. 
<laughs> I think that's the best way I can explain it. <laughs> um, in the course of, of all the reading you did, and especially because you were relying on so many different sources of information, did you come across anything either surprising or something that when you when you combine something from this book and this book, it's like, oh, nobody ever, nobody ever brought this particular fact out or came to this conclusion. And any any unexpected surprises? Um, I'm quite certain that um, this little tidbit that I'm about to mention, people already know about it, um, but or at least some will. Well, more than likely historians, more so than just the general public. Um, but uh, I found out that uh, the Empress actually had an anchor tattoo on her shoulder. <laughs> um, and even more interesting was um, to find out that she got that tattoo uh, not when she was an unruly teenager, but at the ripe old age of 51. So who would have thought that the Empress of Austria was such a rebel? Uh, any, any reason were you able to discover why that particular tattoo? Did it mean, what was the point of it? Do you know? I believe she was uh, a bit of a travel, travel nut. She loved to travel, uh, mostly by ship. She was as steadfast on a, on a ship than any sailor or that's what they claim. So I think that's where the anchor came into play. Oh, I've, you know, personally, if I was a tattooist, I would be a little nervous <laughs> doing, doing the Empress, you know, it's like, whoa, it's not like you can undo but, that. <laughs> no, I, I don't like needles. Uh, no, stay away from me. No tattoo, no. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. <laughs> what um, have you gotten any feedback from uh, people who have read your books? Any any particular comments that have stuck out, or anything that's you know surprised you from any of your readers? Hmm, that's a good question. Most people just um, keep their feedback quite short to be honest um i mean let's face it uh many times people don't want to write reviews they don't want to give feedback if they buy a book and they enjoyed it um then they're like oh great book you know and they put it aside and move on to the next one so that there is no real um hey, let me write a review so the writer knows that I've enjoyed that. You should just be thankful, apparently, that if something is good, you don't get a, you don't get a bad review. So no news is good news, essentially. Um, so uh, all I've ever heard was that people enjoy um, and that they look forward to the next installment. So, you know, uh, there, there are three more to come. So um, I hope I can keep that train going. <laughs> <laughs> well, clear, you know, clearly, there, there 
almost like invested in it. It's, it's, I mean, you've brought, you've brought the character to life for them. So, you know, otherwise they wouldn't care when the next book comes out. So exactly. that's, you know, um, now, you know, I'm, I'm curious and especially, okay. So the most recent book came out when, what year? Uh, it came out uh, earlier this year. Okay, so we're still dealing with the, the pandemic. The Castle of Dreams just came out in May. Okay, so given that we are still dealing with the pandemic, um, what are some of the ways that you have been marketing and promoting the book since a lot of the traditional methods are, you know, right now still not available to us? Uh, for the most part, I'm a bit of an introvert. <laughs> Imagine that, a writer and introvert. <laughs> um, not a cliche at all, I know. No, no. <laughs> uh, mostly on uh, either word of mouth. Um, if I do happen to talk to people, uh, otherwise, social media, um, hopefully, this interview might convince a couple of people. Uh, to buy into the series, who knows? Um, entering my books in in some um, awards competitions, but mostly social media and uh, yeah, that's probably about it. Yeah. And talking to my friends, family, um, you know, trying to get uh, family members to um, let others know in in their circles. That hey, have you read, you know, uh, my wife's, my daughter-in-law's, you know, in insert term, mm -hmm. uh, have you read her books? Uh, so, and that seems to work quite well, actually. It's amazing uh, how far that can go. Yeah, it's kind of like the six degrees of separation, only the other way around. Yes. Where it's spreading out <laughs> further. Um, once the, um, hopefully once this pandemic is over, at least over enough to where we feel comfortable going back out, do you see yourself going out and giving talks or anything along those lines? Or is that not your bag? Ah, talks. Oh, that's right. You're the introvert. Okay. I'm introvert. <laughs> While I'm sitting here talking to you, <laughs> I can I can see myself do probably a couple of book signings, maybe read, you know, a couple of book readings, maybe uh, mostly online. Honestly, <laughs> it's easier that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done that before. I've read from uh, Living with Canine Epilepsy, did an online reading about that. Um, I can't remember if it was uh, for Purple Day or Epilepsy Awareness Month. I can't remember. But yeah, I did an online reading of that. And that seems to uh, garner quite, quite a bit of uh, interest. Uh, mm -hmm. So I can see myself doing that again uh, on occasion, uh, maybe popping in on someone else's uh, book signing and say, hi, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe have one of my own. Um, I, I can see that maybe going to a conference. Um, 
who knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see what will become available and how brave I feel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you know, that's it. It's, it's just if you think about it, you know, two years ago was so totally different. I, I'm not sure if we're ever going to have that level of comfort going out in crowds again, like we did before the pandemic, you know, I mean, yeah, I can remember going to, to writers conferences, you know, and y'all crowd into the rooms and then you crowd around the dining room tables and, and chat with total strangers. And it's kind of like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Even, even once things settle down, it's, it's really, and you know, the interesting thing is though, for writers, especially for authors, it's kind of forced us to look for alternate ways. Yes. Because, I mean, for me personally, I was more, I, I much preferred in-person stuff okay. than doing stuff online because I always had this, this fear that, oh, let me see, I'll forget to push the record button or, oh, the power will go out or, you know, I mean, bizarre technological issues <laughs> but if I'm there in person, it's kind of like, hey, I can wing it, right? Lights go out, whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's it's really made us uh, rethink how we promote ourselves and our work. And, and you know, I think it's been a good thing in, in some ways because we can get kind of in a, in a bit of a rut when it comes yeah. to doing book marketing. And it's like, okay, you can't, I mean my my last book came out may of 2020 so everything i had planned for it yeah obviously that one right down the toilet so it's kind yeah. of like okay now what and you yeah <laughs> you start thinking what can i do from my little home office well <laughs> not a whole lot except get online in one way or the other but it's um yeah i remember that blog too yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it was just you know i mean i and i'll tell you what i had I had the best book launch planned of, of all my books and it just did not happen. Yeah. It just, you know, I was supposed to go to Florida and the whole nine yards and oh, um, wow. yeah, you know, craziness. it, yeah, you know, and, and you're, and, and at first you're thinking, Oh, we could still do this. We could still do this. And as you got, you know, as you started inching closer to May, you're going, no, we can't do this. It's everybody's yeah. just shutting down. I mean, it just wasn't, so, but you know, it's, um, it's, I think it's, I think it's good, you know, and I think, I don't want to say most of us, but I think a lot of us do tend to be introverts because, you know, we're, we're working, don't bother us. We're writing, don't bother yes, us. Right. And, exactly. you know, in it, in a way it kind of forced us to break out of that shell. So it hasn't exactly been, you know, might be a little uncomfortable at times, depending mm -hmm. on, on how comfortable you are with doing online things. But um, it's been it's been an interesting challenge, hasn't it? Yes, it <laughs> All has. the way down indeed. the line. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Craziness. Um, and it just kind of, um, I know it forced me to focus a little bit more of my time instead of just doing research, research, more research. Um, more on hey um i kind of need to make a post here a post there write an article there so to let you know the outside world 
know that, hey, I'm still alive, I'm still writing books. Hey, have you heard about these ones already? And if you have not, hey, if you're bored, you need to start reading this. (laughs) (laughs) And just try and find alternatives to uh, what you've been accustomed to um for however long you've been you know writing and marketing um your your own writings um you just kind of oh I can't do that anymore what do you mean mm-hmm. oh exactly. no now what do I do so yeah you, you kind of have to improvise yeah yes we do we have to get we have to get very inventive uh, you know at times um yes. You know, I, I know we're I know we're coming to the end of Sissy. Do you have an idea of who you want to focus on next, or is that a secret? <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, um, I haven't really thought about it yet. Who I want to focus on next? Um, there are so many royals to choose from. No, <laughs> um, I. I'm not even going to hazard a guess um, because I just might change my mind and then where will we be? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you'll have people emailing you, but you said you were going to do this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nope, not working. No, not working for me. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? I'll, I'm sure I'll find something, some time period, some place. And, you know, take it from there and eventually you'll see something pop up on social media or something saying, ah, present, a Piper Bergie presents. <laughs> and you're the like, latest, the latest character that. from the past. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who knows? I might delve further into the past. Hmm, there, yeah. there are many uh, royals that have, you know, no one really has a clue about. Uh-huh. except maybe historians with their dry books right yeah. so we have to liven it up a little bit exactly <laughs> got, got to bring some shed some light on onto those dark ages <laughs> that sounds like a very good idea well I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about your books and about the process and you know, just the whole background of, of writing about historical fiction. I, I, uh, I encourage people, if they haven't started reading your books yet, start with the first one so that they can follow it all the way through and um, wish you a lot of success with uh, the rest of your stories about Sissy. Uh, thank you so much for the invite and, you know, putting up with my crazy personality <laughs> on your show. And uh Thank you again for just, you know, making me feel so welcome on, on, your, on your podcast. Um, I, I do try to listen in on it whenever I can, and it is so enjoyable. So please keep it up if you can. <laughs> oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I consider myself so fortunate that authors like you are coming on the show and and, and really sharing the experience of writing. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't want it to be a dry podcast about this is how to research, but more about, you know, how people get engaged with, with either the process or the characters or whatever. I mean, I just, 
you know, this is the closest we're going to have to a, a community of writers sitting around a table over appetizers and wine talking about their <laughs> about their work. So I'm I have just enjoyed it and and I, I really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, thank you so much. And I so appreciate you and just putting in the time to talk to different writers and what their experiences have been so far. And then, of course, your own writing. I, I've, I've read um, at least one of your books. Uh, what was it? Rut Busting? Uh, what was that title again? Either, either Rut Busting for Authors or Rut Busting for Writers. Uh, Rut Busting for Writers. There we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little brain dead there for a moment. But yeah, I remember that. And it's just, it is so helpful to uh, get this kind of information, not just from a book, but from, you know, hearing from other writers on how they face uh, complications. Because let's face it, writing isn't just, okay, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to start pouring all these words onto my onto my computer screen and it's all gonna read perfectly on on a first draft that's not how it works we writers know that and other people might not uh, but when you have some sort of community um, it just makes it easier to face uh, the complications that, you know, come from writing professionally. That, that's true. Um, you know, the, the more you the more you hear from other people, other writers, you realize I'm not the only one yes. who's, who's had that feeling or I'm not the only one who's full of doubt or struggled with this either technical issue or sometimes it's a psychological issue that's, that's holding us back. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just nice to know you're not the only one. So yes, yes it that is. makes all the difference. So, yes, well, thank you very much for giving me your time today. Good luck on the book and um, look forward to reading more about Sissy. Uh, there will be more to come. Definitely. <laughs> thank you. All right.